Hey everyone, welcome to Alpha Academy, a cryptopedia for builders. My name is Gam and I will be your host for today. In this session, we'll be talking about the things I wish I knew when starting a crypto company part one with Tatcha, project lead from Alpha Venture DAO, who possesses a wealth of knowledge and experience with years of running a crypto Web3 project, which now has a community of Web3 users of over 100,000 people. Let's get started. Hi, Tatcha. Could you tell me how you ended up starting a crypto project? Also, could you give us a quick overview of your project Alpha Venture DAO? Yeah, so crypto has been something I've been super interested in. In my, my personal background, I'm very excited about the intersection between finance and tech already. You know, just, just a quick background. I started with my investment banking career. So from traditional finance in San Francisco and then in London and then pivoting to tech once I realized which area of tech and, and what role I want to join into, right? So then I became a product manager at Tencent. But then throughout these years, like I've always been trading crypto, reading about crypto, but never really considered back then, right? Like actually starting something in crypto or just working in, in the industry. I think it's a lot more common now that crypto has become another industry that people consider as a workplace, right? But, but not before. And then, yeah, up until a certain point when I realized that this is really my, my key interest and I might as well just take it forward in, instead of just trading and, and being on the sideline. I want to be more impactful and also drive the industry forward a lot more. So hence, that's why starting Alpha from 2020 uh, up until today. And yeah, we've grown quite a lot. And, and also now we've become Alpha Venture DAO. And yeah, happy to kind of walk through a bit more on all the journey, what's the pivot along the way, how do we become who we are today now. So Tatcha, could you explain more on Alpha Venture DAO since I heard that it just expanded from Alpha Finance Lab? Yeah, so back in Alpha Finance Lab days, we, as the name suggests, we focused heavily on DeFi. We innovated and built a number of DeFi products, including Homora, which has been getting a lot of traction in the lending and the leverage you farming space. We have built AlphaX, which is in the trading and derivatives area. We have also experimented and, and expanded to Metaverse as well because we wanted to see how we can serve the growing new segment of blockchain as well. We also have the incubator program called Alpha Launchpad, which we have incubated Beta Finance, P-Stake, and GuildFi, and also three other projects that are in the incubating process right now. So those were what we have had, right? And in the reason that we wanted to expand to Alpha Venture DAO is that we want to continue to do all of these, but in a way that's not limiting to only DeFi, but also expanding to other sectors that we see fit. And, and we see that there's a huge demand from the blockchain industry perspective. So hence, you know, we're going to be a lot more active in the metaverse products, and also even the new sectors that may pop up in the blockchain space. Another difference with Alpha Venture DAO and, and now that we've become Alpha Venture DAO from Alpha Finance Lab is that we're working with community a lot more, as the name suggests, right? The end goal is to become a DAO. However, you know, it's not a DAO today. It's going to be a transition process, and we want to make sure that it's smooth. So with Alpha Venture DAO, what the factor that we're incubating uh, the factor that we're looping in community a lot more is through the incubating process. So instead of us incubating by ourselves, we're actually shortlisting the right people from the community to join Alpha Network. And then we work with the Alpha Network 
in incubating high-quality projects. And pretty much, you know, these high-quality projects can, can tap into the full-blown resources that we have, the full-blown net connections and network that we have, we have built since 2020 or even before, right? So yeah, all of these things would be a lot more useful to the whole new projects that, that apply to the incubator program in Alpha Venture DAO. Given that the crypto space is a very fast-moving industry, so it offers many opportunities to be involved, how do you choose the right business idea? Is there anything you wish you knew earlier when you were planning your business? Yeah, I think the key thing that is very different in crypto business versus like in, in traditional, even traditional startups, right, is that the industry in crypto moves really fast. So whatever the key demand that is right now, it may not be the main demand six months from now, or it may not be something that people are looking for the most six months from now. So with the pace of innovation, with the pace of competition, and just, you know, the global industry as a nature, it becomes very, very important that we react very quickly. So what that means is you, you, may, have, you, you may have to develop a lot of industry knowledge to, to be able to act quickly and, and based on your hunch to a certain level. And then you can do the minimum way of testing the idea with relevant users. But I don't think applying the full-blown like product discovery, multiple months of ideating will work in crypto, at least not for now. Because I think if you follow by the book, it will be too late. So I think that's, that's the key thing. And it's also very important to keep this in mind when validating the ideas. Because I think a lot of, a lot of times people stick by the book. Or even you know, people stick by what they've done in traditional startups. Which a lot of times can also follow the book. It may not be 100%, but you can still apply a number from the books. But I think when, when coming to crypto, you just have to throw all of those books out and then and then hack hack the new way of doing things a lot more efficiently and over time also like develop deep industry knowledge because that will be that would be the key in order for you to gain more more confidence and and get that hunch in your product idea ideation but yeah just to add a bit more to choose the business idea i think to to quick summarize my my answer is number one Really live and breathe in the industry to see what people are looking for, what people are talking about, what can be the key solutions to, to the main problems that are off the attention and also off the, the key thing that people are looking for, right? And from there, you can do like a minimum way of validating your idea by talking to investors, by talking to a small group of people that you know are target user groups, maybe key individuals you already know in your life and that's it and then i think it's more of experimenting and really testing it testing it out as opposed to waiting for the perfect product before launching so homer is like one of the very first alpha products and so for you where did the concept of leverage yield farming come from like what are the factors that made you decided to go with leverage yield farming yeah and again this comes back to us living and breathing in that in the industry i just knowing what people are talking about, what people are looking for, what are the different key things that people are concerning about at the moment, because those are the things that will give you an edge of product market fit, right? So the key thing back then that, that we realized and we quickly built the product, getting audited and everything, and then we launched, right? 
So I think it was a month or even less by the time that we realized that there, there is this market gap until launch. So that's a, the timeline that we're talking about. So back then, what we realized are multiple things, right? Like one is that there are so many youth farmers who have been getting used to four-digit APY, right? Thousand, two thousand percent APY. And of course, you know, these APYs have been coming down from DeFi summer back in 20, 2020 until later on 2021, right? So we, we still see that there's a lot of people who want to maximize their yields in yield farming, but there are just no opportunities for them to maximize beyond double-digit, triple-digit, right? So what we decided to do is we then question how can we allow these people to borrow or even leverage up their positions in order for, for them to do yield farming and maximize their yields that they want. So that's another one thing that we realized. The second thing that we realized, which is also kind of being plugged in with, with the first thing that we realized and now becoming the full Homora product is that a lot of the lenders back then, especially for ETH token, they get very, very little yields. They would get like less than 1% of yield on ETH, on lending ETH, right? And then we realized that, hey, there are so many ETH believers and also ETH community holding ETH already, but there is just no opportunity for any of those people to, to lend and earn more yields on ETH because a lot of them are bullish and they're not going to sell, right? So might as well earn some yields upon lending ETH. So once we plug those two market gaps and, and the two needs that we see immediately, then, then we'll, we build the product, which now becomes Homora, which is a leveraged yield farming product and a lending product. So yeah, like anyone can lend on Homora. We now have on multiple chains covering a lot of assets, generating high yields upon lending from, from these assets. And these high yields come from leveraged yield farmers who are on the other side and borrowing these funds who are funds that are being lent from the lenders and doing leverage yield farming and hence maximizing the yields on the leverage yield farming side. So so once you got your idea for your products, what are, were the steps that you took when testing for the product market fit? Yeah, again, this we we hacked the way to test, right? So again, we did not intentionally did not want to go buy the book because we know that it will be too long. So what we did is we reached out literally like DM and sent direct message to key people in who are well-known in, in, in crypto, also well-known in lending, well-known in doing leverage, uh, doing you farming activities already. And then we shared with them this product idea and then see if they get excited as we do, right? Most of them say, oh my God, this is very interesting and they would want to love this would, would love to use this product. Some people even want to get on a call with us, which we did. And then we also bounced different ideas. We, we worked out different strategies that you can do on top of this product. So that's pretty much you know, what, what we did. And, and from there, from the positive response that we got from the key target users that we think will be the early adopters, then we just launched right away. So what do you think are the most challenging processes that builders have to go through? Yeah, I think there are quite a number of things. Product market fit, definitely. And, and we kind of talked about that. And I think it's hard because there's no set way of doing things. Plus, a lot of the things that you know before may not be applicable. So it's kind of 
you got to start over and, and adjusting to how the crypto world works. So that's one. I think legal and, and, and like fundraising are also like pretty difficult as well, given that especially with legal, there's no set rules that are out. Everything is still work in progress. But fundraising, I think it's pretty crowded space now. There are a lot of projects. There are a lot of investors. How do you stand out? And also, how do you make sure that you get the right investors and the ones that will actually bring value to you? And yeah, I think that there are definitely a lot more things from community building, even tokens itself. Like, how do you think of the tokenomics or listing the tokens? Yeah, those are all definitely like very challenging things for, for, for people who haven't gone through the whole process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are around like six processes that you think builders might find it challenging. So let's take a deep dive into some of these today to see what builders should look out when tackling them. So since you've already mentioned product market fit, let's start with legal. So what's the most challenging part when it comes to like legal matters? Like how did you first approach it? And is it, is there anything you would like the audience to know, especially? Yeah, I think the most challenging part is not knowing where to start because, again, it is a global industry. It is very different from, let's say, if you were to start a company in Singapore, you know, you would know that, okay, you need to talk to a lawyer firm in, in Singapore, even like different firms that help you get the company set up in Singapore. But then here it's global. Like, like, like who do you talk to? Is it the US? Is it Thailand? Is it Singapore? So I think that's the most challenging part to get started. Once you get started, then it becomes even more challenging because like nothing is finalized, like everything is, is working progress. And then a lot of these law firms also cannot guide you in terms of what you have to do because there's no concrete way of what you have to do. It's more of you taking all on taking on all the information and then weighing the the, the pros and cons, weighing the risks and and yeah, consulting different parties and make the decisions on your own. Yeah, so so I think that those two main things are the key. Is there like a sum of common approaches to setting up a legal entity or how do, how do you find the right lawyer to help you set this up? Yeah, this really depends. There are no like set ways of how you can set up the company. I've seen many, many different ways and there are like, pros and cons, but also I I don't want to like recommend it here because in case I misshared information and it it may not be good, but yeah, like some people just go with an offshore office. Some people do it onshore, doing everything by the book. Some people decide to do a combination of, of them because one may deal with the token itself. The other entity may deal with just the operational side of things. So I think, yeah, these things are the things that the law firm can, can walk, walk you through for sure. And in terms of which law firm you can go for, I think it comes down to the geographical area that you're in, plus the law firm that you know are more, you know, crypto savvy. So yeah, like let's, let's say in, like in Thailand, there, there's non-crypto for, or non-law firm that's crypto native or, or, you know, crypto savvy. So hence we have to look beyond Thailand and expand into Southeast Asia and see like which law firm can guide us the best. Right. That's interesting. So what are the legal risks that you think crypto builders should be aware of? Legal risks. 
I think everything is a risk. I mean, it's the whole industry, right? Like even people trading it in countries that haven't put out the formal regulations of whether it's legalized or whether it's legal or like how the tax payment should be done. So I think it's not only the founders or the operators that have to think of the risk. I think it's the whole industry and everyone involving in the in this industry just because it's so new and the whole regulations and everything haven't caught up. So I think from the founder perspective, just making sure that you intentionally don't do gray stuff is going to be the best way. If whatever the product you do or however the tokenomics you design become more of a gray gray area, then I think it's definitely going to be more risky later on down the line when the regulations have been put in place. Mm -hmm. Okay. So moving forward to fundraising now, how do you know which type of fundraising, whether it's token or equity, is suitable for your company? Like, are there any common approaches, like whether it's equity only, token only, or both equity and token? Yeah. So usually, more often than not, that I see projects raising with just tokens and, and not equity. And I think it becomes more easier to manage as well. From like paperwork side of things, from operational side of things, plus like it can may also be equivalent because tokens will also get liquidated, be liquid anyways on on crypto exchanges, right? So I think there's no real downside for for having raising funds through tokens as well as to, through equity. However, like some companies or like some projects also do raise funds on their equity because maybe they're geographical location may not allow them to have token, for instance, in the US or other areas. So so they use equity as a way to get around that. Mm-hmm. So once you choose your approach, how, how did you choose the right VCs and how did you reach out to them? And like, what kind of made you sus- to successfully attract their attention to get a buy-in from them? Yeah, so for Alpha's case, because I was in the industry for, for a while then and also been following the industry for a while, then I know like who in the industry, which VCs in, in, in the industry actually are valuable and like what kind of value do they provide. So then I sit down with my team, really discussing what are the key things that we really needed back then and mapping it out to who we think can, can fill in that gap which I think that's very important because the, the branding and the naming itself are not everything, right? You also need to know what's the real value they're bringing. And then yeah, after that, just reaching out to them. Some, some of them I don't know personally, so asking the people I know to, to help make connections or make references and then just go from there. For anyone who's looking to start, I think it would be definitely like very crucial for you to follow a lot of the VCs and individuals in the VCs on Twitter or even read blogs on their VC websites and see like which ones resonate with you the most, which one do you think provide value and what kind of value do they provide? Does it fit with the value that you are looking for or not? Because the more active ones, the more likely that that they're going to be able to be active when, when they invest in you as well. I see. So is there any tips you'd like to share for pitching your business to the VCs? Yeah, I think a lot of times from from my experience, some projects may tend to focus too much on the tech 
or the math or like the technical aspects, right? Without zooming out and really asking the question or even answering the questions from the bigger picture of why does this product matter, right? Like if there is this product, then how would the industry change or how would the industry look differently? Because with, with that, like if your product can influence how the, how the industry will look differently, then that means that there's a lot of potential for growth for your product. And hence, if you can communicate that to the investors, to any other partners you, you, you talk to, then they will be more willing to invest or work with you. Because it seems that there's a lot of growth potential in what you're building. Interesting. I think it will be very useful to all builders out there. So before we end the session, let's talk about Alpha Venture DAO Incubator Program. How, how different is it to start a project on your own versus being in Alpha Venture DAO Incubator Program? Like what specifically are the things that made the experience in this incubator program so valuable? Yeah, so you can think of our incubator program, the whole ecosystem, right? Like once you, once you join in, once you come in, you're going to be a part of the, the bigger ecosystem. This ecosystem consists of the Alpha team, consists of other incubated projects from the past, consists of Alpha Network, which include a number of experts in the community, different VCs that we have vouched that they actually provide value, different founders who are looking to contribute to your project, different users, different community members. So I think it's that space that you can know it's your bubble that you can make sure you, you get that initial bootstrapping of everything so that you're ready to really fight the real battle, right? So what that means is by the time that you join the incubator program, once you join the, the whole either build track or launch track, right, you will be getting a hands-on mentorship with the key people that will move your project to the next step, either making sure you, you are able to get to the stage of fundraising, either making sure you're able to build a solid product or whatever it is that, that you're, you need to move to the next stage, the mentors will be there to guide you. And these mentors are not from Alpha team only, but these members are from everyone in the crypto ecosystem that we have shortlisted to be valuable and hence pairing them up with you and making sure that they're, they're sharing the knowledge and advice to you. Apart from that, and I think it's a lot of knowing the people in the e ecosystem because we have a lot of master classes, we have a lot of fireside chats. So it's a way for you to know the real people in the industry and, and making sure you know the build relationships with these people or even do different partnerships on the product later on down the line, right? So think of it as like a springboard for your project to move to the next level. So what makes the Alpha Venture DAO Incubator Program unique from other incubator program? Yeah, good, good question. The fact that Alpha started as a builder ourselves, plus continues to build and continues to contribute to incubating other projects as, as an individual contributor, right? It makes it very valuable to the incubator projects because a lot of times the key things that you know, new founders would need are not obvious, right? Like the key things, the things that really move the needle are the things that I believe that only people who have experienced building before will be able to determine what are those things. 
let's say with getting token listed, I think it's it's very there are a lot of nuances in that process itself. There's no fixed way of doing things. There are like multiple scenarios, multiple assumptions, and all these things like if you haven't been a builder before, it will be almost impossible for you to know how you can give advice to 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 the other founders. So that's one, right? The other point is that because we've been a builder and and you know continue to be a builder, we actively are living in this industry. So we pretty much know like who are really adding value in what area, in the VC area, in the legal area, in the company building area, the community building area, etc. So because of that, we are able to shortlist the right people to join our alpha network and making sure that these are the right people who will be your mentors, mentoring in that particular area. Nice. I'm sure all builders out there are already excited about this. So one final question before we end this. What do you think is the most important thing to build a successful crypto company? Ooh, <laughs> one key thing. Man, I think it, yeah, I think it really comes down to a lot of things. But if I have to pick one, I think it's being long-term minded and, and that itself will, will impact different decisions you make and hence impact the outcome of, of those decisions, right? I think a lot of people may be, may be less long-term minded, maybe more short-sighted and hence leading to, to doing the hacky way or even doing the gray area way which they may have to clean it up later on or even get into different trouble later on. So yeah, I think this would apply to almost everything, right? From company building, from being transparent with community, from getting the product audited before launching. Like, like, I think it goes the, the long way. I think that's a great answer. Thank you, Tatcha, for sharing your insights and tips with us today. I'm sure they'll be very useful to many builders out there. Thanks everyone for listening and see you next time.